Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's Fibber McGee and Molly. NBC and Plymouth Cars present Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Huddle. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Here's a medical term packed with a lot of meaning, for it affects hundreds of thousands, perhaps someone you know. That term is multiple sclerosis. Literally translated, that means many scars. Actually speaking, multiple sclerosis is a lifetime disease which mysteriously attacks the central nervous system. It causes damage to the protective covering of the nerves, and as a result, many of the nerve impulses are impaired. Some have their eyesight affected, their coordination. The entire body is thrown off balance. Many people with multiple sclerosis spend their lifetime in a wheelchair. Most of the time, MS hits young people between 20 and 40. What can be done about this disease? The answer lies in research to find out what causes MS and what cures it. For through research, someday, maybe soon, we hope a cure for MS will be found. You bring that possibility closer when you support the National Multiple Sclerosis Campaign now in progress. Mail your contributions to MS Care of your local postmaster and do it today. Sorry, Doctor, but McGee just won't come to the phone. He said to tell you he's too busy working on scientific experiments in his laboratory. Yes, his lab, uh, that's our garage. <laughs> hmm. He's got a shelf full of chemicals and test tubes and a hot plate out there, and I don't know what all, Doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looks like Red Skelton doing an imitation of Jack Benny playing Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> all the bubbling and sizzling and hissing noises out there. Oh, I had a little water and I made a little steam And I trapped it in a test tube that was full of sour cream But when it started boiling and the pressure in it rose The darn thing exploded and it sure messed up my clothes Boy, what a mess Stuff really splattered all over the place now, that proves one of my scientific theories, anyhow. Sour cream ain't explosive. But steam sure is. Well, let's see how the other experiments are doing. Hmm. Most interesting. Yes, most. The yellow stuff I got dripping into this blue stuff at the rate of one drip for two seconds seems to be turning the blue stuff green stuff. Hmm. Now to increase the drip speed and see if it makes any difference. By George, it does make a difference. It's turning green faster. Make a note. Now to take a look at project number three and see... Oh, Oop. Mr. McGee, hi. Oh, hello there, Teeny. I haven't got time to talk to you now. Don't touch anything. I'm working on some scientific experiments here. And oh, I... gee, Mr. McGee. 
Are you a scientist? A real scientist? Like the man that invented radius? That madman Curry? <laughs> You're a little mixed up on your facts there, Teeny. It wasn't radius, it was radium. And the man's name that discovered radium wasn't Madman Curry. It was Adam Curry. Oh. Now, look, Teeny, I-, I got a lot of things to do here. What's that? What's that? What's that white car you put in there that's making all those bubbles? Oh, well, that stuff... Uh... Gee, look at that. That what? That green stuff in the bottle, Mark, look out. Huh? Is that some kind of a chemical, a dangerous chemical? Is that what that green stuff is? Mm, is it? Hmm? Mm. Well, not exactly, Teeny. I'm not sure just what... Oh, look at that. What makes that puff of black smoke come up when the yellow stuff drips on the glass? Well, I'm not exactly sure what that... Gee, can I have some of this? This pink paper? What's it for? Well, to be perfectly honest... Oh, boy, can I have some some of this yellow powder? I'd sure like some of that. Well, that black stuff, I mean. Can I have some? Well, some of these little black rocks. That's what I've always wanted. Well, some of these little red rocks like you got right here next to the black ones. Well. I'll just take three, okay? Well, I, I guess. Oh, gee, thanks, mister. Oh, boy, we like show Willie Toops these little red rocks and tell him how you explain all this chemical stuff to me. I bet you know everything. Willie! Hey, Willie! Look at what Mr. McGee gave me. He's a scientist, Willie. Hmm. I wonder if all scientists have to answer as many questions as that kid asked me. <laughs> it's a good thing she didn't wait for me to answer. Because most of this stuff, I don't know what the heck it is myself. What's that? Uh-oh. Time to check project number five. Now, let's just take a look at project five and see if... Hmm. Perfect. Experiment complete. Oh, boy, they smell good, too. May have a few things to learn about chemicals, but when it comes to boiling frankfurters, I consider myself an expert. Oh my gosh, it's Molly. I don't look very scientific in frankfurters when I'm supposed to be doing scientific work. Yes, my dear. What's the important problem that's interrupting my experiments this time? The phone again. Herb Travis called you. Tell Herb I'll call him back. I'm busy. I did tell him, and he said... I thought I explained this to you, my dear. When one is engaged in the scientific amortizing of protons, neutrinos, and molecules, one cannot leave one's experiments to bat the fat with one's friends for one minute. That's why one's wife should protect one. One's wife does. I wrote his number down. It's 1111. Oh, thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have an experiment underway in this pot here which has to be kept at a definite temperature and requires my complete attention. Yes, Professor. I'll go back in the house. You go back to pot. Uh And, Professor, don't cut yourself. Cut myself? Every time you try to slice a frankfurter down the middle, you wind up with a bandaged thumb. Hmm. Take it out, and I'll cut it for you and make you some coffee. She must have smelled it. Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. Part by part, only Plymouth dares to compare. Plymouth engineers have taken apart the 1954 Plymouth and current models of the other two best-known cars in the lowest price field. They've compared the three part by part. Frames, interiors, comfort features, the whole car. Get the full story in the big eight-page picture booklet. Yours free at your Plymouth dealer. You'll find the features only Plymouth offers. Take comfort as just one example. Plymouth tops the other two in natural seating comfort, roominess, and luggage space. Get this comparison booklet free at your Plymouth dealer. Learn why Plymouth 
is America's best buy low price car. And remember this figure, $1,582. That's the factory retail price of the Plymouth six-passenger Plaza Club Sedan. That's at factory Detroit, Michigan. All taxes, transportation, and delivery charges, license, and optional equipment are extra. Part by part, only Plymouth dares to compare. Boy, that was good. Thanks for the coffee and cookies. I'm going to have to get back to my experiments, my dear. Yes, Professor. I'll gather the dishes and go back in the house. Okay, and do me a favor, will you? Gladly. Keep everybody away from me, will you? I'm going to invent some great scientific discovery. i got to have quiet. Well, far be it for me to stand in the light of progress, dearie. But just what are you trying to scientifically discover, anyhow? Gee whiz, how do I know what I'm going to discover? I'm a scientist, not a fortune teller. <laughs> With all the spots and stains on that speckled pair of coveralls you're wearing, you look more like a painter who's just finished a mile of picket fence with a spray gun. Against the wind. If you think these coveralls look bad, you ought to see what's under them. You see that bottle of green liquid up there on the shelf? Yes. I spilled about half of that stuff on my good slacks this morning, the minute I got started out here. That's why I put on the coveralls so it wouldn't happen again. Oh, no. Your good flannel slacks? Let's see. Maybe Parker, I'm... boy! Hey, kids, where are you? Oh, him. Now, don't tell Out me. here in the garage, Mr. Oldtimer. I wish you hadn't done that, Molly. I don't want him back here. The minute he sees this stuff, he'll stand around all day asking a million questions and... Hello we'll... there, kids. Hi, daughter. Hey, Johnny, what you doing? You see what I mean? Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. What you doing, Johnny? Mixing something? What you mixing? Bathtub gin? Where's your bathtub? Gotta have a bathtub. No, no, me. no. I'm not making gin. I might as well explain the whole thing to him. He won't keep still till... Uh, still? Where? Oh, that little pot's still cooking on the burner there, huh? Oh, no, Mr. Oldtimer. Hey, we are... that's pretty cute, kids. A pot's still right here in your own garage, eh? What you making, pot liquor? No, my gosh, we're not making any kind of liquor. That's not a still, and don't start... Oh, from... don't kid me, Johnny. I've saw enough stills, and I know a still when I hear one. And that thing ain't playing cross over the bridge. <laughs> but Mr. Oldtimer himself... Papa had a still one time, just like this one here. Only it had big curly pipe on top of it. The stuff that come out of that pipe made Papa's hair curly, too. <laughs> Curl up and fell right out on the floor. <laughs> well, doggone it, this is not... Papa's name was Jack, you know, and the neighbors called him Applejack after that. Because he was bald as an apple and had a little stem on top of his head that... Am I boring you, Johnny? Frankly, Yes. And look, I don't want you telling it all over the neighborhood that I'm running the still in my garage because that's ridiculous. It certainly is. Oh, risky too, kids. But don't worry. I won't snitch. So long. Oh, dear. Oh, for the doggone it. Now, where were we when he came yelling in here? I'll tell you where we were. Yeah? You were about to show me how badly ruined your good slacks are with that green stuff you spilt all over them. Yeah, well, that's just one of the hazards of being a scientist. Unzip the coveralls and let's see the slacks. Okay. There. Don't be angry, but... Say, that's funny. There was a green spot there the size of my hand a while ago. I hide spilt that stuff all over me. See, there's the rest of it in the bottle there. I don't see any spot now. And thank goodness, because those were your best slacks. Holy smoke, Molly, do you realize what this means? I've made a great scientific discovery. A great scientific discovery? Sure, I discovered a green stuff that after you got it for a while, it disappears. Well, there's nothing new about that. The government has been turning it out for years. They call it money. Ah, be serious, Molly. This may be the turning point in our lives. Why, who knows what we have here? A good question. If we can find a use for this stuff, our fortune is made. We'll be famous. We'll travel. We'll... Dearie, Hmm? did you read the label on this bottle of green stuff? Label? 
No, I don't read everything that's in my chemical set. I like to keep my mind free. This bottle is not from your chemical set. It is not? No, it's from your magic set. Oh? Abracadabra disappearing ink. Guaranteed to disappear within ten minutes on contact. Oh, you see what happens when people keep interrupting? I wish they'd leave me alone so I can concentrate on science and not be bothered about Abracadabra. Deborah and Molly will be right back. This is Eddie Cantor. And if I may, I'd like to take a moment here to remind you about my weekly show business show. Every Thursday evening on most of the same NBC radio stations, I open my memory book and take a look into the world of show people. Not only do I talk about the great and wonderful old-timers in show business, I also tell you the intimate stories that surround the stars of today. And you'll hear some of their famous recordings, too. Recordings from the early 1900s and recordings from this very year. For old and new alike, combined to make show business your business. And so I like to tell you about their lives, and I do, during my weekly show business show. Won't you listen every week on the NBC radio network? This is Eddie Cantor reminding you and hoping you'll be in the audience. So I mixed a few more chemicals together out there, and I'm going to let them set till morning, Molly. One never knows what may happen when one is a scientist. Or a scientist's wife. You take the invention of radio, for instance. When Marconi started inventing radio, he didn't know that Lee DeForest was working on it, too. Oh? No, because Marconi lived in the woods, and he couldn't see DeForest for the trees. <laughs> oh. Don't you get it, Molly? That's a scientific joke. DeForest is an inventor. It ain't funny, McGee. Well, I'll bet Einstein would have liked it. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. NBC and Plymouth Cars have brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night when Mr. McGee experiments further with his scientific research. If you're familiar with Mr. McGee's experiments, you'll stand well back, but listen to Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Follow the Senate committee hearings tonight on the NBC radio network.